Welcome to the Between the Banners podcast, coming to you following another big win for the Tar Heels against Florida State. My name is Brandon Anderson, and I'm joined here by the managing editor of the Tar Heel blog, Ms. Tanya Bonnerant. Tanya, this is another big win for Carolina as they've taken down Florida State 77-59. to What are your thoughts uh, or initial impressions of the game? It was a really good game. I think that a lot of people were a little bit concerned that Carolina might have a bit of an emotional letdown. I think that those concerns were really unfounded because Roy Williams was 15-0 and after the first matchup against Duke coming into this game, and the Heels made it 16-0 and against a really good Florida State team. I think that that shouldn't be overlooked. So it was a really good game and a really good win. Yeah, I thought that it was definitely another um, really good defensive performance um, that took place, and we'll dive a little bit into that later. But I think the other thing that was so surprising was how the game transpired in terms of how UNC went about you know, executing their game plan, especially on offense. Once again, the shots weren't falling from three, and so they looked to – their star freshman, Nasir Little, who had 18 points and went six for 11 from the field with eight rebounds. Tanya, what do you think were some of the, uh, or what do you think may have led to Little having such a great performance there? I think the big thing for Nasir is just knowing that, like, at any given time, in most situations, he's the most talented player on the floor. I think for a lot of the season, he was kind of settling for bad shots, not driving to the basket, but today he was super aggressive. He was finding ways to get to the rim, which is always where he's going to be the best, and he was executing on shots. Like There were a number of times where he was just in the right place following a miss by one of his teammates, and he was able to put it back for a dunk, which was always really exciting. But I think it's just a maturing process for him that we've seen throughout the season where he's found ways to be really aggressive and get to the rim more, and that's really paid off for him, and that was true today. Yeah, I feel like he's starting to learn some of the things that Kobe White had to learn earlier in the season to where, you know, it's important to be aggressive and, you know, basically use your God-given talents to help the team. But I think what Little is starting to learn that Kobe had to learn is kind of picking his spots. I noticed that there was a few times that he kind of eyed up his defender and, you know, it looked like he was getting ready to drive in. And he thought, you know, he gave it a second thought, kind of looked for another open man, passed the ball off and, you know, tried to scramble open. I think that's been helpful. I also think that he's been getting, you know, really good angles you know on attacking the basket too instead of just driving directly into the lane you know I feel like that may be you know kind of adding a little extra element into you know what he's trying to do so the other really good player today was Cam Johnson he was a huge part in what the Tar Heels were doing and he matched Nas's point total um 18 points he went three for four for three he had 11 rebounds um Tanya, I mean, you know, he just keeps the ball rolling. You know, he's coming off of a really great performance against Duke. And, you know, it doesn't seem like he's trying, you know, he has plans of letting up anytime soon. It's a really good thing because Carolina has been really bad from three the last two games. But 
Cam has managed to be one of the better shooters uh, from distance, which continues what he's kind of done all year. Um, Today, when the three ball wasn't falling, Cam was still finding a way to get threes, which was really good. But he was also doing a lot of other things. Like, he had double-digit rebounds. Um, I think it was the sixth double-double of his career. Um, He's just been a really, really good player, and I – I'm not sure people appreciate how good Cam Johnson has been for them this year because I feel like he's not the flashiest name and he hasn't been around as long as like Luke May has. But this team would be in such bad shape if he wasn't on the team. So I think we should all kind of appreciate what he's been able to do even more than we already have because without him, it would be a very, very different ball game. Absolutely. And, you know, that was one of the bigger pickups that Roy Williams has maybe gotten in years, Um, you know, with the exit of Justin Jackson, you know, going into the NBA um, and not being able to get Kevin Knox. It's words can't describe how big that pickup was and, you know, how well that's worked out this year, especially now that he's healthy off of that surgery. Um and, you know, three-point shooting-wise, UNC started off shooting very poorly from three. Um, they sh- made about 18% of their shots in the first half from distance, um, covered a lot of ground in the second half, shot 55% from three, and really got things going. And hopefully that's something that will carry over into Syracuse, um, that game, because it, it's, it's going to be sorely needed. Yeah, for sure. But one of the best things that I think has come out of the last two games is that Carolina's proven that they can win when the three ball isn't falling the way that it was a week or two ago. It felt like a week or two ago that they almost couldn't miss from three. Like Kobe was lighting it up, Cam was lighting it up, even Luke. Um, and, And that's really cooled off a bit. But they've followed that up with like absolutely dominating in the paint between the Duke game and the Florida State game today, they've just been absolutely monsters at getting to the rim. And that's really good because obviously those are higher percentage shots. That usually means it's an easier time scoring. The fact that they were able to take on one of, I think it is the tallest team in the ACC, and and do that to them down low is really, really impressive. Like the fact that they have Kumajay down low who is 7'4", and UNC was still able to get so many points in the paint, that's insane. And it's a really good sign of things to come because this team is figuring out ways to win in different ways, and you have to do that to be successful in March and in the tournament. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, UNC got Florida State in a lot of foul trouble in the process of what they were doing, you know, near the paint. And I think that played a huge part in the game as well. Another part that played, you know, had a strong effect on the game was UNC's defense. In the second half alone, Florida State scored 25 points, which, you know, that that's maybe, what, one point more than NC State scored? Yes, that is that is one point more than NC State scored in the entire game. The entire game. The entire game. The entire game. But um, you know they 
they went just extended periods of time without finding a way to score. Um, at one point, they went eight minutes and 34 seconds without a field goal. Um, Tanya, how much of that would you say was UNC affecting this, you know, really talented offense? And how much of that would you say was kind of, you know, fool's gold, as, you know, we like to say in terms of, you know, what shots Florida State had available but weren't necessarily falling? I mean, I definitely think it's a little bit of both. I think anytime a team as good as Florida State goes over eight minutes without a field goal, some of it is just bad luck. But UNC's defense was really disruptive, and they were finding a way to be really tough on that end of the floor. I think that Florida State definitely missed open shots, but UNC also found a way to make them uncomfortable a lot, and they were really good about rebounding. Um, they they were limiting Florida State's chances, um, and all of that paid off for them. Were they like such lockdown defenders that every possession over that eight and a half minute stretch was flawless? No, definitely not. Um, and I don't think that it's possible to just attribute it to that, but a lot of it was that, and UNC's defense really buckled down after kind of lapsing a bit toward the end of the first half. And when they sort of turned in more of those sloppy defensive possessions, Florida State was able to pull closer uh, before halftime. And UNC did a really good job in the second half of really keeping their foot on the pedal offensively and defensively, and that was how it ended up with kind of a lopsided score. Yeah, and, you know, I feel like the one thing that I've enjoyed about the defense as of late is, you know, Carolina's been good at, you know, I I would say their help defense around the rim has been a lot better. The one thing that I noticed today that, you know, may be not a cause of concern but may be cause for just awareness and adjustment is it seemed like there was – a lot of opportunities for Florida State to kick it out on the perimeter and drain their shots, which, you know, typically happens with the Roy Williams defense. But also, you know, there was a lot of missed shots that came from that. So while that's good, that's definitely something that they'll want to go back and look at. Um, One last thing, Um, Tanya, we both – kind of saw UNC warming up, you know, and uh you know, during their shoot around and um one thing that we both noticed that kind of carried into the game and has been a theme for the past well, basically the entire season is um Kenny Williams shot is still still really rough and um I just do you maybe have any um i mean I, i'm i'm at a loss right now maybe would you know why that might be no um i i feel like it kind of happens with seniors on carolina um i know marcus page went through a really rough stretch where he just like couldn't buy a 3 uh, joel berry had a stretch where the three ball just didn't seem like it was falling Uh, in the tournament um, when they won the national championship. But I'm sure that Kenny 
is going through something similar. It may come down to just being like ghosts or whatever. And I'm sure at some point it becomes mental when you see the ball not go in time after time after time. It sort of becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. The great thing about Kenny is that he has found a way to do so many other things. Like he's still one of the best defenders on the team. He takes a ton of charges and all of that is where his worth still is, even though he's not filling the stat sheet offensively. And that's really important. I know people are probably frustrated with the fact that he's not scoring a whole lot, especially compared to last year. But the fact that he's still able to do a lot of good things on both ends of the court, whether it's finding a teammate or taking an important charge, he's still doing a lot of helpful things. Yeah, and I feel like that is a lesson for, you know, Kobe White, Leaky Black, Nasir Little, and, you know, just some of the younger guys. I think that's been a very strong lesson for them to learn kind of by example from Kenny Williams is, you know, when shots aren't falling, it's not the end of the world. You can still have a very good game without those shots going down. Do your job on defense. Be aggressive. Try to make plays other ways by, you know, distributing the ball, things like that. And, you know, I feel like, you know, all of the talk that we've had about, you know, the lack of senior leadership and things like that, you know, just kind of, you know, within media outlets and things like that, I think in a way, you know, Kenny's done enough to where, I would say actually him and Luke May have done enough to where, you know, there's a form of leadership there. It's just not maybe as in your face as it's been in the past. Yeah, I would agree with that. Kenny Williams and Luke May are definitely different leaders than Joel Berry and Thea Pinson. Um, I think sometimes that can probably be taken as not being there because they don't have that same kind of on-the-court fire that Joel and Theo had or, um, like, Bryce Johnson and people in the past. Like, their on-the-court emotions are not as blatant as some of those guys. But I think it's still there. And I think the biggest thing that a leader can do is lead by example. And I think Kenny is a really good example right now of yeah he's not helping the team very much offensively and I'm sure that that is killing him but he's not letting that affect the defensive side of his game and he's still being a really important defender um, that's helping his team win and I think that that is a great lesson for younger players to learn and and that's the best that we can really ask of someone who's leading the team is to teach the younger players like what they should do and this is definitely what you should do when your shot's not falling. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, that's going to do it for us here at uh, Between the Banners. Um, final score, Carolina 77, Florida State 59. Next up on the schedule will be Syracuse, who will just be coming off of a big game against Duke. But um, the matchup against Syracuse will be in the Dean Smith Center. And hopefully we will see you again when that comes around.